0: Devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. And today, my guest co-host is a fellow member of the Voices of Wrestling family. You can catch him doing uh, various WWE pay-per-view reviews. And you can also read his entire review series of the anime Tiger Mask W. He's also one of the hosts of the Panels on Pages podcast. It's Kelly Harris. Kelly, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Really, really love the show, so I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to have you here, Kelly. It's good to have the man who invented the infamous Pop-Tarts match rating system, which, I mean, to be honest, Kelly, it's revolutionized wrestling criticism tenfold, to say the least.
1: It really uh, has. I've kind ooh. of gone away from it as of late, because it, I, w- I really want to just drag the current WWE pay-per-views for how bad they are, and I feel like <laughs> like uh, any kind of Pop-Tart is going to be better than a one-star review. I just want to let them know how bad I think they are, and I feel like Pop-Tarts don't, don't do that enough, because Pop-Tarts are, for the most part, all good.
0: Yeah, I, I guess they're not worthy of Wildberry or Brown Sugar Cinnamon. Neither one. Exactly. No. No. Actually, uh funny, speaking of wildberry, I happen to have a box of wildberry on my counter as we speak. And that's that's pretty much the only Pop Tart flavor that I eat. I mean if I if I go to the supermarket and they're not there, fine I'll get like a strawberry, a frosted strawberry. But I usually I tend to go for the wild berry pretty much all the time because I mean now they're quite delicious. So I was, I'm
1: was i a big fan of the blueberry and the, uh, the s'mores.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, well, Pop-Tarts aside, Kelly, it's good to have you on the show. This is episode 23, and it's the final episode of 2017. So I figured, you know, let's do what a lot of podcasts do at the end of the year and talk about what 2017 had to offer. In this case, of course, you know, in terms of wrestling themes. I don't really feel comfortable calling it a year in review episode because that's something that's, you know, kind of grand in scale and you're expected to really dig in and get through all the nooks and crannies of the year. This episode I'm going to call a taste of 2017 because, well, that's what it is. It's a taste, a selection of themes. It's not every new theme that came out this year. I mean, if, if it was, we'd be here for like four hours. So uh, what Kelly and I are going to do is we're going to look at 12 wrestling themes that debuted this year from you know various promotions and regions. We're not going to rank the themes if we excluded a theme that you like and it's not, it's not on the list. That doesn't mean that we don't like the theme. This is just a selection of wrestling themes that we wanted to talk about. Uh, And chances are, chances are, at some point in the podcast, those excluded themes will come up on a future episode. I mean, I can can think of two themes in particular that debuted this year that I guarantee will be on the next episode. So just relax, sit back, enjoy the show, because the themes that Kelly and I have to offer for you are going to be lots of fun to talk about. I guarantee it. But... But before we get to all that, Kelly, the year is pretty much over. Wasn't the best year as far as the world is concerned, uh, for reasons that are kind of obvious. But uh, hey, what about you? Uh, Was your 2017 on the whole good for you? Was it relatively okay, I hope?
1: On the whole, 2017 was pretty good. You know, I went to WrestleMania weekend and had a lot of fun there. That was actually the first time I'd ever been on a plane.
0: Really? Yeah. How old are you? I'm 25. (laughs) Wow, we're the same age. That's a little weird, Kelly. Uh, But hey, I I can't judge you, though. I can't judge you because this was actually the year that I first started going to independent wrestling shows. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were uh, both beyond wrestling shows. So I got to see guys like Zack Sabre Jr., Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, Walter. I I saw them all for the first time live. It's all so cool. I shook Walter's hand. That was pretty amazing. Does Walter like lift you up when you shake his hand? You know, he's a very large man, but he's a total sweetheart outside the ring. Just a real gentle soul. You know, when he's not when he's not murdering dudes inside the ring, but uh, yeah, outside of that, my year was pretty good. I saw some great concerts, Iron Maiden, Gorillas. I still have a job. That's always good. Yeah, yeah. I I, I can still pay my rent. No major health scares and and my uh, family members that were alive in the beginning of the year are still alive at the end of it. Uh so yeah it's it's pretty good. Um how about you Kelly? Uh, is your family doing okay I hope?
1: Yeah, no I'm I'm the same way. All all my families that started that I started with is still here.
0: Great, great, great. So uh, yeah, I I guess on the whole I'd say for us uh, the good outweighed the bad this year. Obviously that's just, you know, our personal experiences. We can't speak for everybody, but Hey, look, as far as wrestling is concerned, I think wrestling in 2017, more than most other years, can be summed up in three simple words. What the fuck? (laughs) Those words can be applied to so many things that had to do with wrestling in 2017. What the fuck? Jinder Mahal, WWE champion. What the fuck?
1: In his uh, sweet jipples.
0: Kurt Angle. Not only wrestling in WWE again, his first match back was a TLC match, and he's wearing the Shields gear. What the fuck? Chris Jericho shows up in New Japan and challenges Kenny Omega to a match at Wrestle Kingdom. What the fuck? The seemingly endless amount of amazing wrestling matches that just came one after the other. What the fuck? Katsuyori Shibata's injury. What the fuck? Neville going home, what the fuck? Michael Elgin, what the fuck? Rich Swan, what the fuck? Jeff Jarrett, what the fuck? Alberto Del Rio, what the fuck? Kelly, I gotta ask, what the fuck? I mean, do you think it's just a case of, you know, crazy shit happening every year, but we only focus on the stuff going on this year? Or is it really just the fact that 2017 was seriously fucking bonkers?
1: I feel like in the past, like, three or four years in wrestling, things have been getting progressively more and more insane. Because, like, we all thought last year, like, okay, this is the craziest it's gonna get. And then yes, this year, it just upped its game.
0: You know, maybe it is just a case of our collective short-term memory being worse than a goldfish. You know, lots of crazy shit happened in 2016, 2015, 2014... We only focus on what happened in 2017 because it's the most recent stuff. But, yeah, it just seems like, like you said, this year has been just a cluster bomb of crazy moments. Just one after the other. Boom, 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 boom. But, look, we can't get into all of that. I mean, we're here to discuss wrestling themes, the music of 2017. So, Kelly, are you ready to delve into the taste Of 2017. Ooh, I'm so ready. All right, well, let's get going with our first theme, which I believe, chronologically speaking, is also the theme that debuted the earliest in 2017. January 4th at Wrestle Kingdom 11 in the Tokyo Dome, Hiroshi Tanahashi, for his match against Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, decided to get rid of his longtime theme, high energy. And go with something new. This is by Yonosuke Kitamura. It's called Love and Energy. Go Ace! Go Ace! Go Ace! If you have OCD, this is not the song for you. (laughs) Go Ace! Go Ace! Go Ace! (laughs) Kelly, love and energy has been a polarizing theme ever since it debuted at Wrestle Kingdom. I happen to think it's fine. Others, not a fan of the song. And, you know, I tried to think of the reasons behind their rejection of the theme... And I think the main reason is that it comes directly after High Energy, which is a beloved theme to so many people. Love and Energy is in the same vein as High Energy. It's that same type of epic, triumphant, baby-faced rock, you know... down, The soaring guitars, the chugga-chugga riffs in the B section, all very kick-ass, all very heroic-sounding, much like high energy. So because of that, to many, it probably feels like this song is trying to recreate the magic of high energy, recreate the mood of that previous theme, because the two sound so similar, but ultimately, it's not the same. It feels like a retread of ground that has already been masterfully covered. It's like when a really popular movie comes out, and it gets all sorts of, of great critical buzz and makes a lot of money. Then a sequel comes out, and it's a lot of the same themes, a lot of the same beats as the original. But you may not feel the same spark as you did when watching the first one. Because I think, you know, no matter what, you'll almost always compare the sequel to the original. What about you, Kelly? What do you think of Love and Energy?
1: It was one of those that, in the moment, on Wrestle Kingdom night, or morning, as it were, here, when that song kicked in, I instantly hated it because it wasn't high energy. it that's that's what it was for me. It's like, okay, this isn't the same. I don't like it. It's not as good. This is terrible. Tanahashi, what have you done? But then, even the next day during uh, New Year Dash, I listened to it in Kurakin. I mean, not obviously. I wasn't there, but. I think having it in the smaller building helped it a little bit. So there were parts of the song that weren't kind of washed out by the huge arena, and it sounded a little better to me. And as time has gone on, I've actually come to enjoy it quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I guess when you you know you hear it in a vacuum, hear it outside the arena, it probably you know you get a better chance to absorb it. Absolutely, and you know like with all themes in wrestling, I think the main thing we have to ask is. Does the song fit the wrestler? Does love and energy serve as an appropriate representation for Tanahashi? To me, the answer is a resounding yes.
1: It's perfect.
0: It just it, – it, it works so well for Hiroshi Tanahashi, especially at this stage of his career because Tanahashi is a guy who clearly still thinks of himself as king shit in New Japan. He still thinks of himself as, like, this number one guy, this golden god, who sits atop the mountain while the mortals play beneath him. I mean, look at the repeated lyric, go ace. Even though Tanahashi is no longer the ace of New Japan, because, you know, Okada beat him at Wrestle Kingdom 10, he still thinks of himself as the ace. And more importantly, he wants us to keep thinking of him as the ace. That's why the line is repeated so often. That's why when he comes out to the ring, Tanahashi sings along to the words Go, ace! Go, ace! Go, ace! He looks at the camera Go, ace! He pumps his arm Go, ace! Come on, everybody, cheer me on! Your ace is here! Get those air guitars ready! So, what if? <laughs> so, what if? I, so, what if I have hair like little orphan Annie now? I am the ace! So I, I can get away with it. It's fine. Oh God! Have
1: you seen the Amazon commercial with the dog that scares the baby, but then no. the dad realizes that the baby likes lions, so he buys. Oh a yes, lion yes, mane I have actually. His I have. dog. That's what Tanahashi looks like now. He looks like that dog wearing the lions, man. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, go woof! Go woof! Go <laughs> woof! Go <laughs> woof! Yeah, and it's it's also reflected in the opening of the song. The opening is this, like, 20 seconds of build where it's hyping up the arrival of Tanahashi. All this ramping up with the guitars. Like, dun, 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 dun. The keyboards kick in. Dun, dun. It's practically slapping us in the face. You know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please welcome, your are here when mine. And what is the kicker that sends us into the main section Go Ace! (laughs) So it's this brilliant reflection of a man going through a midlife crisis. He realizes that he's over the apex of his career. He's on the downward slope, but he just refuses to accept it. He will not accept the fact that he isn't the number one guy anymore even though he's still a main eventer, even though he's the IC champion, that's not good enough for him. He has to be the ace. He can't handle not being that. So he's going to have a theme song that tells him what he wants to hear. He's like the guy who peaked in high school and still wears the Letterman jacket. Or the guy who graduated college like six years ago, but he's still hanging around the frat. It's like... Okay, man, just let it go. You're older, you got a mortgage now, just accept it.
1: He's going to get there eventually.
0: I hope so, Kelly, I, I really do hope so. But We go now from an ultra-white-meat-babyface in New Japan to an ultra-white-meat-babyface in NXT. Johnny Gargano, Jonathan G. Wrestling, after his less-than-amicable split from Tommaso Ciampa, got his new singles theme in 2017... This is CFOs with Rebel Heart. upbeat babyface rock here. Love and energy was definitely more of the straightforward guitar rock. Rebel Heart skews in a different direction, leaning more towards the pop punk side of things. There's much more of a focus on the keyboards mixed in with guitars here as opposed to the other way around. Heavy emphasis on the keyboards, uh, also those hand clap percussions. What I really love though about this theme is that the lead singer is a woman. Because you don't often see female vocals for male wrestlers' themes. I think there should be more of that in wrestling, Um, and that's not like an equality thing. I think it's more of like a presentation thing. To me, I just love the combination of strong, emphatic female vocals with wrestlers that I think are cool. I mean, hell, Minoru Suzuki has one of the best entrance themes of all time because you know Ayumi Nakamura's incredible voice. It just matched with this utter badass with Suzuki. Now, I don't know who sings this song because uh, there was supposedly a woman named Hope Vista who recorded some vocals for it, but they weren't used. And then someone else came in and recorded new vocals for it uh, that were used. But uh, whoever she is, she's, she's damn good.
1: Yeah, I mean, there is a clear, clear Paramore influence on this song. And at first, like, I thought it just was a Paramore song that they had gotten the rights to. Yeah, it it keeps... I really love the upbeat tempo. The vocalist is awesome, whoever she is.
0: Yeah, the lyrics are your your standard white meat go-getter babyface, rising above, believing in yourself, not giving up. Lines like, you know, uh, be yourself, can't be no one else. Another day, gotta give them hell, can't break what I've been building up this far, yeah, you'll never tear me apart. Standard fare. And uh, actually, that's that's really all the lyrics we have to work with. You know, because the thing about CFOs is that, yes, they are loopy. And therefore, we're only going to get, like, a hook and a verse. Maybe two verses. So that's probably my sole criticism about the song, is the lack of more lyrics. Overall though, you're right Kelly, I think that you can tell that CFOs are going for like a Paramore, Avril Lavigne, pop punk you know, kind of vibe, which I think you know fits well for a wrestling theme. Gets the blood pumping, gets you hyped up for Johnny to come out and wrestle. The funny thing though about this theme is that it's essentially a mashup theme between the DIY theme Chrome Hearts and Gargano's Cruiserweight Classic theme From the Heart. Really? Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, CFOs, they basically mushed them together and pop punkified it to make it, you know, Rebel Heart. There are certain parts where the similarities are quite apparent, at least to me. Especially the main keyboard riff in From the Heart. the percussion in Chrome Hearts. One more comparison that I have, and this may mean nothing to you, Kelly, it may mean nothing to the audience. But that that main riff, that. It sounds very close to a riff in the Incubus song Anna Molly, which I'll play right now.
1: Now that you say the uh, the animally thing, yeah, I totally hear it.
0: Yeah, that that, that rising, no pattern. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'd never put, I would never put that together if you hadn't mentioned it. But yeah,
0: man, that's a good song. It is, it is, yeah, yeah. Now our next theme, uh, 2017, saw the continued rise of the UK scene, and a big part of that was WWE getting in on the action. Starting with their WWE UK Championship Tournament, the winner and inaugural champion would be Tyler Bate, which is why his theme by CFOs is called Inaugural. Funky brew here, Kelly. <laughs>
1: it's so funky.
0: It is. It is funky like a monkey, to quote Dusty Rhodes. It's got this funk groove to it. You got these classic funk keyboards and horns driving the song. Those are the main components. There's also just this this stanky guitar solo thrown in there. I can practically smell the sex factor wafting out of my headphones. And you know what the icing on the cake is? The icing on the cake is, at the very beginning, we get that little drum fill, that boom, then we hear this vocal go, ah? I'm convinced that that is an homage to the beginning of the Chic song, Le Freak. And that is just, you know, one of the funkiest jams ever laid down on the tracks.
1: Yeah, this song, it's its one of those where I listen to it and I'm like, this, how is this like a good wrestling theme? This, this won't fit. And then, like, I watch him make his entrance to it. And, you know, he comes out and he's waving to everyone. He's just
0: so charming. It just fits. It's just perfect. It's funny you say that. I, I feel like it's a little odd, though, that he comes out to it. It comes out to this song. Because it's not like Tyler Bate is a funky wrestler in his own right, like Taguchi or Muhammad Yone. Nor is he, you know, this sex-centric wrestler like Val Venus or Joey Ryan. He's Tyler Bate. He, he comes out and he waves to people. He's such a nice young man, Kelly. Hello, nice to see you. I just think it's a little, little weird. There's something about him that carries... He carries
1: it with him. It's It works for him. I don't know how, and I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like...
0: It's just him doing the wave, and you're like, oh, man, <laughs> that guy loves some funky guitars. You know what? Now that I think of it, he does have the mustache. He does have that, but still, he's not Joey Ryan.
1: No, he's not handing out business cards that say free mustache ride.
0: No, no, no. He's not using it for his own sleazy purposes. Uh, Unless, of course, you count Stealing Liv Morgan. But anyway, gang, I... uh... She left Enzo. Let me tell you something. There's Uh...
1: never been a bigger trade-up in all of wrestling (laughs) than going from Enzo Amore
0: to Tyler Bate. Alright, alright, I stand corrected. There was no stealing. Liv clearly wanted the superior stash. <laughs> now, uh, having said all this, uh, this theme inaugural is pretty much a blatant ripoff of Tyler's UK Championship Tournament theme, Get Up, by Charlie DeYoung. Get Up doesn't have the bluesy guitar, but it does have this really deep bass line to it, which is also quite funky. And that song is itself a take on another song, Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel, which Tyler Bate used on the indie scene. So, Kelly, the evidence is there. Tyler Bate is a man who loves the funk. Can't stop the funk. Speaking of Sledgehammer, actually, this reminds me. Did you know, Kelly, that I was in a lip sync competition in college? And one of the songs I performed was Sledgehammer. I did not know that. How did you do? I won first place. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I did three songs. Uh, Sledgehammer was the first. The second was Once in a Lifetime by Talking Heads. The live version off of uh, "Stop Making Sense," and the last one was "Get Down Make Love" by Queen.
1: Now that's a good idea to do the lip lip sync to a live version. Yeah. I would never have thought to do that. That's a solid idea it, right there.
0: Thanks. Yeah, it uh, it won me one hundred dollars.
1: Hey, Thank that's pretty good. Me.
0: Staying in the UK, our next theme belongs to Mr. Will Osprey. Will is always one to get the wrestling world talking, whether it's because of a move or a match, or his social media habits. Will got a new theme this year that he's used all over. It's by a band called It Lives, It Breathes, and it's called Elevated. <laughs> Oh, wait, uh, that's the Pirates theme. Sorry, <laughs> that's the Pirates of the Caribbean theme. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, well, they, they do sound similar, at least to me. Uh, but anyway, Elevated is a song that I think fits Will Ospreay really well. And it should because it was written for him. I mean, it'd be a pretty weird coincidence. If he picked a song at random, and not only did it reference being a high-flying wrestler, but it also had his name in it, Osprey. That'd be some real, like, Dirk Gently type shit if that happened, Kelly.
1: See, he was just looking for songs that talked about the birds.
0: (laughs) Exactly, yeah. But on the whole, though, I think this theme is a good fit for Osprey. First of all, it's a genre that I think is suited for him. That intense, inspirational hard rock... That matches the uh, youthful exuberance of Will Ospreay. And the lyrics work too, because it's all about elevating yourself to be the best, and using the crowd to help you do it, to help motivate you. There's the line, rising up to the sound of your name in the crowd. Pretty much every Will Ospreay match has the crowd chanting, Osprey, Ospreay, Osprey, Osprey, Osprey." Osprey, Osprey. Plus the idea of having a gang vocal, multiple people singing the line, Whoa, oh, we're so elevated. It goes along with that as well.
1: I gotta be honest, I'm not a fan of this one. I don't know what it is. It's the the vocals. I For whatever reason, just don't click with me. I don't care for the singer's voice. And then outside, if you take that out, I think outside of the beginning of the song, which I really enjoy, it kind of just is land to me I don't know you
0: know i I can see that I can see that it it does have a bit of a generic like modern rock quality to it I, I could see that
1: yeah yeah because i I really enjoyed his his old uh new Japan theme really it sounded a little different than everything else see
0: I think it's a more unique song but elevated gels better with osprey as opposed to whoa hey, hey, whoa, got to say to me, that doesn't really fit him as well as Elevated does. I don't think.
1: I like to believe that that was uh, Owen Wilson singing on. Uh...
0: Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Oh hey! <laughs> you hit the f- oh my fuck! You hit the nail on the goddamn head! Holy shit! It sounds like Owen Wilson! Holy shit! <laughs> oh wow! Oh, hey. <laughs> He's just
1: friends with uh, you know, it's Kitamura and he's exactly. Like, hey, why don't, why don't you let me guest on one of these
0: tracks? You know what? Uh, Kitamura put him in the studio, and it's just Owen Wilson reacting to a spray matches. Oh wow, look at those <laughs> flips! Hey, wow, oh yeah, look at that! Wow. <laughs> now, uh, now as far as the band goes, it lives, it breathes. They are an interesting band. Uh, they are from Providence, Rhode Island. They have their own original music, but they also do a lot of covers of wrestling themes. On Spotify, you can find their versions of Undertaker's theme, and Bobby Root's theme, and Nakamura's theme, and Asuka, and Shawn Michaels, and Sami Zayn. So it's clear that the band are, are big wrestling fans. And if they are doing a theme for Will Osprey... Who is well known in a lot of circles, but isn't like a WWE superstar on national TV every week like Asuka or Zayn, that must mean that they're really big wrestling fans. So I give props to It Lives It Breathes for wearing their fandom on their sleeves.
1: Now, out of curiosity, which uh, Undertaker theme
0: did they cover? They do the classic theme. Ah, oh, see, I, was,
1: I wanted to hear this band do a cover of Roland.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, I want to hear Owen Wilson do Roland. Keep rolling, 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 wow, yeah. Brack up,
1: brack up, tell me what <laughs> you want to do now.
0: Now I know y'all be loving this shit right here. Oh, wow, look at this red hat, it's very nice. We, we, we gotta keep going, Kelly, we gotta keep going, we we can't get stuck here. <laughs> we go now from the UK back to Japan, specifically pro-wrestling Noah. This wrestler not only wrestles for Noah, but he also wrestles for Impact Wrestling because of their partnership. It's the current X-Division champion, Taiji Ishimori. This is Mothball with Fight It Out. be straight with you here, I don't have much to say about this theme. Why? Because I found it hard to take it seriously. Why? Because this song sounds like Japanese Blink-182.
1: Oh god, yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, it just it sounds like Tom DeLonge singing in Japanese. Now, I'm not disparaging the great Blink-182 having to enjoy a bunch of their songs, but it's just but it's, t- it's just so jarring to hear that vocal styling in Japanese. I-, I just couldn't focus.
1: Yeah, I'm sad to say this is the second song in a row I'm not a fan of. But it's th- in all honesty, this one, it's nothing to do with the song itself. I just really liked Ishimori's old theme, which was The Beginning by 1OK okay Rock. Yes, yes, and yes. And that's just a song that I like, not even just as an entrance theme. I just really enjoy that song. So when he came out and didn't have that anymore, I was very upset.
0: Yeah, from from what I could pick up of the song, I could I could see why Ishimori would pick a song like this. It's energetic. Ishimori is himself a fast-paced junior heavyweight wrestler. I don't know what the lyrics mean, but I think you know, based on the title and based on the the, the tone of voice, there is an undercurrent of enthusiasm, a fighting spirit, and if you're a wrestler, you, you might want a song like this, uh, similar to. Osprey's theme or Gargano's theme I just wonder like you said Kelly I just wonder why he would replace his previous theme The Beginning which you know hits a lot of the same notes falls in line with the same genre the same sentiments and it's a song that myself that you that a lot of people think is just a fantastic song not to say that Fight It Out is a bad song not, not at all but compared to The Beginning it just it pales in comparison
1: yeah and it's one of those where I think I'm gonna guess this uh, this band might be like a fan or something because didn't they make an entrance with him uh, with him in uh, High Sixty Nine?
0: It's a good thing I looked this up uh, because they did a music video with him. Yeah, where where Ishimori is doing all these cool moves in the ring. That's well, it. The so there's plays. some
1: kind of tie-in there. I don't yeah. know if they're just fans or if
0: someone that... Runs maybe they're friends, it, no maybe? Yeah, knows. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. there's got to be something there.
0: Ultimately, though, yeah, it, it does feel like an unnecessary change. So, Moving back now to NXT, and it's a theme that is probably on a lot of people's lists for favorite new theme of the year. All I have to say are two words... Alistair Black. This is another CFO's theme featuring the band Incendiary. This is Root of All Evil. <laughs> are that neither Kelly nor I are going to say anything about this song that hasn't already been said on Twitter in all caps the night this theme debuted. So Pretty much everyone on my feed lost their shit when the lights went out and this song hit, including me. I mean, I remember watching that takeover, the lights went out, that opening guitar riff that uh, I was like, oh, shit. Then the drums kicked in. Boom, 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 cha. Boom, boom, cha. Boom, 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 cha. Boom, boom, cha. Boom, boom, cha. I was like, oh, shit. Then that big guitar line. na 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 And Alistair Black rose up like fucking Nosferatu. And they were singing, No man is ever truly good. No man is ever truly evil. At that point, I was like Kel Mitchell. Oh, here it goes. <laughs>
1: Just chugging orange soda. Chugging
0: orange soda, dropping screws and tuna the whole nine yards. It's such it's such a fantastic song and such a fantastic entrance. It, it fits Aster Black like a glove.
1: Oh, perfect.
0: What about you, Kelly? What were your thoughts when you first experienced this theme?
1: Uh, I, I pretty much loved it instantly. Like, there was a second where I was like, oh man, is this a Rage Against the Machine song I've never heard? And the one thing, that the only complaint I have about this song is, I wish there was more to it. This is one where the the looping is, ver- is very obvious, and it's disappointing, because what is there, I really, really like, and I just wish there was more of it.
0: This theme is, it's many things at once. First of all, it's badass. It's just... It's just a badass metal song. Oh god yeah. And it's badass because the guitar riffs are nice and chunky, the drum beats are sharp as attack. The vocals are piercing, but they're not overbearing. They're not, you know, screamo, blow your lungs out hardcore vocals, which I appreciate. And the tempo keeps an even pace. It's not too hectic, it's not too slow, it's just the perfect speed to give it that that air of unfuckableness.
1: I really loved the live version of it when he came out. I can't even remember who he was against that night. That might have been the Atami match.
0: Yep. That was so cool. Now, this song is also quite spooky, because Alistair Black is a bit of a spooky man. A lot of tattoos, rises up like a vampire. He's Dutch. That's pretty spooky in and of itself.
1: He is his gimmick. I, I, was, I can't remember who I was telling this to, but I was just like, you know, he's a Satanist... Uh, kickboxer from the netherlands that's who he is that's what his gimmick is he's living the gimmick that's everything about him is right
0: there yeah yeah so he's a spooky man and his theme is also quite spooky not too spooky he's not a supernatural man but he's just spooky enough to give you a little chill down your spine so we get that that weird ghostly vocal effect when the main grip kicks in that "Oh, oh, oh And we get my favorite thing in the world, the choir. Who doesn't love a good, spooky choir in the background? Assholes, that's who. <laughs> so yeah, love the choir, love the spooky, love the man, love the theme. Yeah. Yeah,
1: he's the kind of guy where I love that he's spooky, and I really hope that when he comes to the main roster they don't make him supernatural
0: because I would love for him to
1: go on the main roster and just kick the hell out of like Bray Wyatt and be like, you know, you need your spirits and stuff. I'm just me.
0: (laughs) You think the main roster won't screw up his character. (laughs) Oh, oh, Kelly, that's adorable. Kelly, that's adorable.
1: All I want (laughs) to do is
0: hope. Now, now one last thing about this song, I brought it up with Tyler Bates theme. I bring it up again here. CFOs clearly know what type of song they're going for here because that opening extended note, that uh, I think it's an homage to the beginning of Iron Man by Black Sabbath. start a song in that way, you know you're in for a good time. Now I know that there are some people out there that'd be a little upset if we didn't discuss some Dragon Gate. Dragon Gate had a few new themes debut this year, one of which is performed by a member of its own roster. This is by KZ, featuring BB, and it's a theme that is not for KZ, it's for his tribe vanguard stablemate, BB Hulk. This is BB Story 2017. It's important to distinguish here, Kelly, that this is the BB story, not the BBC story. That's very different. Yeah, it's just just a bunch of British people talking. And it's not the BBW story. That's a whole other can of worms right there. You need to go to a different website for that. Exactly, exactly. This is the BB story, meaning BB Hulk. And apparently, the BB story can be boiled down to one simple question. Do you want to dance? Do you want to dance? Do you want to dance tonight? And my answer is, sure, why not? <laughs> Again, I, I don't have much to say about this theme because it is reminiscent of a lot of Dragon Gate themes, where it's it's techno, it's keyboard heavy, it's also got some rock guitars thrown in there for good measure. KZ is spitting hot fire. To me, what really sinks this thing into me, into my brain, is the hook. <laughs> Baby story, baby story. Do you wanna dance, baby story, baby story, baby story? Do you wanna dance,
1: do you wanna dance, do you wanna dance tonight?
0: It's just—it's so catchy, and it's been stuck in my head for like the past few days. Something about those vocals which are done by this Japanese singer named BB, B E dash B. Her real name is Yo Izumi. She's been a musician in Japan for a few decades now and putting out all sorts of albums. Don't know much else about her, but yeah, it's just that it's just that right tone of voice, that right melody combined with the dance beats that catches my ear.
1: I have no idea that Kezy did, did uh, music. Like yep. is he does he do other themes for dragon Kid.
0: he does his own theme i, I do know that okay because i knew
1: dragon kid made music yeah
0: dragon kid sings um genki sang on a jimmy's theme um mochizuki does his theme and kz raps that's all that comes to mind right now for me anyway
1: and yeah, it fits in perfectly with the rest of the Dragon Gate themes. Like it just they have a house sound and it yeah. fits right in.
0: Yeah, and this is also a theme that has some sound effects in it. It starts with that that high pitched scream, very reminiscent of the Age of the Falls theme. That that high pitched scream at the beginning there, Kelly.
1: Uh, I, lo- I loved that Age of the Fall theme when it was yeah. just the woman screaming. <laughs> like, I love... that Final Battle 07, I think, where they won the tag titles from the Briscoes, and then you just had the woman screaming for, like, five minutes while they were celebrating <laughs> in the ring, and you could just see the crowd getting progressively more angry?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, There's also some maniacal laughter like there is in Conda's theme. So... There's all sorts of stuff going on here. What's interesting to me about it, besides the hook, is that this theme is called BB Story 2017 because BB Hulk has had multiple versions of this song, BB Story. It's like Genki Horaguchi with his theme. There's the Go to Heaven version, the Go to Hell version, the H-A-G-Me version. They just keep remixing the same song every once in a while to keep it fresh. Same with... Undertaker, or The Rock. They've had multiple themes that are the same basic structure, the funeral dirge or The Rock's melody, but they've added things, taken things away, so they've done stuff to them.
1: Yeah, it's a smart thing to do because it keeps it fresh, but at the same time keeps it recognizable.
0: Definitely, definitely. You know, since we're on the subject, I think every wrestling fan who watches Dragon Gate reaches a point in their life where they realize, oh, it's not... B X B Hulk. It's just B B Hulk. It's like a, a rite of passage. We all go through it. Yep. Because he was a guy
1: that I read about long before I actually saw. Because I would see him being talked about in the Torch when the Dragon Gate guys would come over for the Ring of Honor shows. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's not as bad though as Brian Alvarez calling Eita E I T A. That was, that was pretty bad. Oh, it was God. pretty bad. Because at least with B B, there's an X in his name, which is a much better excuse. But in any event, uh, Kelly, have you been enjoying the show so far?
1: Oh, it's been great.
0: Well, that's good to hear, because it's been fun for me as well. But, you know, truthfully, truthfully, I feel like it's been missing something. And I've been trying to put my finger on what exactly it is. And I think I've got it. What, what we need in this episode to make it a true A+, is some sassy saxophone. Yeah! and I have just the theme to do it. This is Lana's new theme by CFOs called Ravishing. I don't know about you, but I feel like I've just been transported back in time to one of the to one of the jazz clubs of the 30s. The sights I, I'm there, I'm
1: there with you.
0: The sights, the smells, the sounds, they all feel so real. Is that is that Louis Armstrong I see on stage? Is that <laughs> Duke Ellington? Why yes, I will have one of those jazz cigarettes. Wait a minute, Kelly, wait a minute. The scene around me, it's it's changing. Based on these these hip hop beats, the, the the hand clap percussions, the marimbas, I seem to be in a Latin club dance scene from the 2008 film Step Up to the Streets.
1: Oh no! Oh, I don't like the turn the direction has
0: <laughs> taken. In, in all seriousness, Kelly, this theme is catchy as hell.
1: Oh God, yes it is. Like the after she debuted this theme. The next day I went to work, me and my coworkers just the entire day would just randomly start going
0: And of course all the customers
1: just think we're insane. Yeah, yeah.
0: But like once you once you know the song, it won't leave your head. Lord knows I love a sultry, sassy saxophone. Jazz's theme, Marcus Corvan's theme, Yujiro's theme. There's always room for more saxophone in wrestling. This is really only second
1: only to Yujiro's
0: theme. Oh, yeah, yeah. The saxophone in that is tremendous.
1: That's when, like, I, when he was in the G1, I wasn't entirely upset about it, because then I got to hear that theme every night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really don't have much else to say about Lana's theme, it is what it is, but I think it's a prime example of a bad wrestler getting a good theme. We can agree that Lana is not a good wrestler, but her theme song is tremendous. I mean, it's, it's a common tale in wrestling.
1: Exactly. I mean, honestly, another good parallel to Yujiro.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'd put them together. That'd be perfect. (laughs) Put Rusev and Lana in New Japan. Have Lana come out with Rusev and Yujiro. Make them a tag team. I'm into this. Call me Gato. I got ideas.
0: Coming up next, it's time for what may be, for Kelly and I at least, our most anticipated theme on the list. And it's a theme that, when it debuted in New Japan back in February, it not only enraptured the two of us, but it seemingly took the entirety of Voices of Wrestling by storm. That's how incredible this next theme is. The wrestler, Dragon Lee. The artists, Curtis Ewing, Nathan Turner, and Robin Johnson. The production library, Warner Chapel Music. The song... Come get it. If you want a baby girl, if you want what I got, I get it, ma, you know how I keep it. Here's how I did when you make it dry. Come get it, make it, pop, nah. Let's make it pop. If you want a baby girl, if you want what I got, I get it, ma, you know how I keep it. high. Here's how I did when you make it dry. Come get it, make it, pop, nah. Let's yeah. make it pop. The jeans be sagging, but the hat can't fit it. The looks is cool, but the game came with it. So, what it do, ma? It's me and you, ma. Ain't tryin' to get too deep, not a same scuba But you might need a wetsuit to get your suit wet Rick James and main. come see how we do it I'll run the town, pick you up, round one Wear pink, just wink if you down for round one you want it, baby girl, if you want what I got you know how I keep it high that's how I get when you make it dry make Where were you when JFK was killed? Where were you on 9-11? Where were you... When Dragon Lee came out to this theme. I was at work watching The New Beginning in Sapporo. Because I work overnights on the weekends. And boy oh boy did my ears perk up. When it was time for LIJ versus Taguchi Japan and Dragon Lee. Because when Dragon Lee was around for Fantastica Mania. New Japan simply muted the entire sound. They didn't give him a dub theme. But for New Beginning... They decided to give him a dub theme, and it's this bad boy. Kelly, where were you when you first heard this magnum opus?
1: I remember it like it was yesterday, sitting watching watching the match, and I was just captured by the song and instantly teleported to a drug dealer's house on a TV show. <laughs> just I felt like the main character from Sons of Anarchy busted into the room, and everyone looked and you just hear this song quietly in the
0: background. Riding through this world, all alone, baby girl, if you want it, (laughs) come get it. (laughs) Kelly, this is an incredible song. It's a work of art. And it's one that really deserves a deep analysis of its lyrics because the beat is your standard hip-hop groove, got the keyboard presets and everything. It is from a production library, after all. We need, though, to set aside all of that and simply focus on these amazing lyrics. We're going to go line by line here. So, Kelly, are you ready?
1: Yes, I'm ready.
0: All right, here we go. First, we have the hook, which establishes the overall story arc of the song. If you want it, baby girl, if you want what I got, then come get it. Mama, you know how I keep it hot. Come get it. That's how I get when you make it drop. Come get it. Make it pop nah. Let's make it pop. So what we have here is a young man, our narrator, trying to get a little nookie, a little piece of some young woman named Mama or Ma. He finds her attractive, and hopefully, Kelly, she feels the same way about him. So at the end of the day, this is a love story. Oh, absolutely. And it's just... I'm swooning. Definitely. The first verse. The jeans be sagging, but the hat came fitted. The looks is cool, but the gang came with it. So, this is our introduction to what the guy looks like. He's a gangster. He wears saggy jeans and fitted hats. This is our portrait of the artist as a young man. What it do, ma? It's me and you, ma. Ain't trying to get too deep. This ain't scuba. He's not trying to marry her. He's not trying to settle down and start a family. This ain't scuba. He's not going deep. His intentions are clear, Kelly. He's probably just trying
1: to pick someone up in the club. He isn't going to try to get a wife.
0: Exactly. All he wants to do is show her a good time, hang out, get a little something-something, no big plans. But you might need a wetsuit to get your suit wet. Rick James, the man, come see how we do wet. I have no idea what's going on in either of those two lines. Are they going surfing? Are they going to a Rick James concert? Is the narrator Rick James' son? Uh, Questions abound, Kelly.
1: He's just, yeah, he shouts out Rick James for seemingly no reason. And then you need to, you might need a wetsuit to get your suit wet. What does that even mean? Is it like... Supposed to be sexy? Is there, like, some innuendo in there that I'm just not understanding?
0: No clue. No clue whatsoever. I run the town, pick you up round one, wear pink, just think, you'd be down for round one. Okay, so we have a time set for the date, we have attire, we have motivation, and we have the open possibility for multiple sessions of sex. So that's the first verse. Now,
1: No, wait. Do you think it's 1 a.m. for the date or 1 p.m. and they're just going to make a day of it?
0: That's actually the next verse, Kelly. So so hold on. Hold on one second. The second verse. Please don't be alarmed. I know what my rep says. But not you, Ma. I'ma be cool, Ma. Don't want you taking revenge like Montezuma. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here.
1: There really is.
0: First of all, we now know that the narrator, this young man, has a bit of a rep... As a ladies' man, he's a lady killer. He tends to get around a lot. And once all the oil has been drilled out of the ground, so to speak, he packs up and heads to the next town. I drank your milkshake. <laughs> I drank it up. What a do, Ma? It's me and you, Ma. <laughs> but here he is assuring the girl, assuring Ma, that it's not going to be like that with her. He's not going to toss her aside like the other girls. Because if he did, there's a chance that she could take revenge like Montezuma. Which, I guess in this case means that she'll make him shit his pants a lot? Probably. I mean, that's what, that's what Montezuma's revenge is. It's, it's when you travel to another country and you eat the local food or drink the local water and you get a stomach virus. So you, you get really bad diarrhea. I mean, the overall term for it is traveler's diarrhea. That's the main term. But when you get it in Mexico or other Latin American countries, they call it Montezuma's Revenge as like a cutesy nickname for shitting your lungs out. Uh, but in any event, that, that is a concern, though. It is a concern for any player out there. So she'll uh, probably
1: just like put laxatives in his coffee.
0: Most likely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave your friends here. This is what we do, Ma. Hit the beach and matching pumas. Okay, so he wants to get the girl away from her friends for some alone time. Completely understandable. You know, you're trying to get into some girl's pants and she's got two nudges in the way. We we get it. We we get it. Hit the beach and matching pumas, though. Uh, That is a bit confusing. You know? So is, are they going for, like, a jog? I don't I, I don't know, because when you think of Pumas, you think of sneakers, right? I, I mean, I've, I've never worn sneakers to the beach, because all that, that sand and the salt water getting in there, I don't need that. So I question the choice of footwear. Now, Puma does make sandals, but, I mean, truth be told, I've never seen a gangsta wear flip-flops. No. Run with it, water let the sun hit it. So they're at the beach and they're matching pumas enjoying the water and the sun. Okay. And when I fall, you can give some hit it. All right. So the guy's master plan here if I'm if I'm analyzing it correctly is to frolic on the beach with the girl. Then he's going to fall over on the sand and him on the ground that's going to be, like, her big visual cue to climb on top of him and hit it? Is that is that right? Mm-hmm. I, I, as, I
1: don't see his plan working, but yeah. you know what?
0: Maybe it will. Yeah, as if as if her seeing this guy lying on his back will somehow trigger her body to getting the juices flowing and make her go sex crazy. On the beach, in the middle of the day, where everyone can see them.
1: Perfect time for beach sex, 1 p.m. Yeah.
0: It's an iffy planet best, if we're being honest here, Kelly. If we're being honest. The final verse. Now, this is my last shot, but I'm good in the clutch. I got to go hard like the wood on the crutch. He's losing the girl's interest. He's sensing that his charms, his guile, his falling on the beach plan, they're all going nowhere. But he's not done yet, though, Kelly. He's not done yet. He has experience... In these situations, he can still get the girl. There's still hope for the young man to get his piece.
1: What does it mean that he goes hard like the wood on the crutch?
0: Um, a crutch is made out of wood, and wood is hard.
1: For whatever reason, I just I always think of those as metal crutches. I somehow completely forgot that wood crutches exist. Yeah, they're wood crutches. Wow, I'm stupid.
0: You are. <laughs> Dunce. <laughs> uh, hang on
1: i'm gonna go make myself a paper dunce cap we'll yeah.
0: <laughs> so quit playing i know you get what i'm saying and i know that you're feeling me too so quit delaying he knows ma is into him she's playing hard to get so let's quit this whole sam and diane will they won't they bullshit and get on with the good stuff all right this is the plan we go meet up about midnight Tomorrow you go and rave about everything I did right. So it looks like the beach plan did not work. Nope. Falling down did not work. Nope. Picking her up round one to run in the sand in their pumas was a failure. That did not work. Not one bit. New plan, they're going to meet up at midnight. Where? I don't know. To do what? I don't know. But it's something that's going to be so amazing that she'll be raving about it to her friends the very next day.
1: I'm going to guess it involves his wiener.
0: <laughs> true, true, yeah, yeah. Probably, most likely, yeah. And by your smile, I know you're fronting. Acting all shy, gotta let me know something. Those are the final lines. So we end the song on a cliffhanger. She's been holding off his charms this entire time. She finally gives him a smile, but she's acting all shy. She's not giving him an answer. What's the answer, Kelly? We don't know. Does he get her? We don't know. Did she say yes? Did she say no? Is Tony Soprano dead? Is Leo DiCaprio still in the dream world? What happened to Dale Cooper? These are the questions that face us at the end of this amazing song. Oh my god, what What happened?
1: I I hope no, because I don't want her to reward his awful plan of running (laughs) and wearing Pumas on the beach and falling down. Don't reward
0: that. Kelly says no, that's his answer. I mean, whether he gets it or not, goodness fucking gracious. What a theme, Kelly. What What a tremendous theme. What a
1: tremendous song.
0: Yeah, and it's a real shame, too, that New Japan gave Dragon Lee a different theme. Because we no longer get to hear... The majesty that is this song. But, but, such is life, I guess. Yeah. Make it pop, nah. Let's make it pop. The next theme on our list was originally a stable theme for Impact Wrestling's Decay. Then when they broke up, it became the solo theme for Rosemary. This is our buddy, our pal, Dale Oliver, teaming up with Kenneth Nixon for a song called Left Behind. (laughs) I picked this song for a particular reason. I haven't really been keeping up with Impact as much as I used to, so I haven't really delved into their themes a whole lot. I bounced around a few of the newer albums on Spotify, and to be honest, a lot of the newer Impact themes have left me unimpressed, to be quite honest with you. And I was thinking to myself, you know, has Dale Oliver, has he lost the magic, has he lost that, that touch? You know, are, are the days of My World and Marvelous Me and I Am and all the other classic TNA themes, are they well and truly dead? Then I discovered this song, and I was like, ah, the old boy, he still got the spark in him, doesn't he? He's back. <laughs> it's just, this song is Dale Oliver 101. It's such a blatant Shameless, practically note-for-note ripoff of The Nobodies by Marilyn Manson. Which was Decay's theme in TNA when Billy Corgan was around. Because Corgan and Manson are friends. They've toured together, so Manson gave him permission to use the song. Corgan leaves Impact. Decay can't use the song anymore. So, what are they going to do? What happens next? Dale Oliver like Mr. Fucking Miyagi, claps his hands together, and rubs them, and saves the fucking day by making this beautiful ripoff theme.
1: It makes me really happy to know that he's still around. Because now with Jim Johnston being ousted by WWE, all we have left is Dale Oliver as far as, like, in-house long-time
0: composers. Yeah, at least in America, because, I mean, Kitamura's been in New Japan for quite some time yeah. now, so... I mean, look, as far as Left Behind goes, I can't stress this enough, the entire song is basically lifted from the Nobodies. The melodies, the structure, even the lyrics are taken in the same vein as the Nobodies, because the Nobodies is about the Columbine Massacre. It, it's about the two kids who shut up the school, and what their mindset was. So Manson has lines like, Today I'm dirty, and I want to be pretty. Tomorrow I know I'm just dirt. Morose, self-deprecating, morbid shit like that. Left Behind, it's not about school shootings, but the lyrics are also quite morbid and self-deprecating. Lines like, We're not complicated, Bred from pain and hatred, No one cares if we exist. Burning off guilt and suffering, these heroes just suckling, taste the lips of death's sweet kiss. So I can't stress enough just how close the two songs are. In fact, just to nail the point home even further, I'm going to rewind the song, start from the beginning, then I'm going to merge in parts of the nobodies that match up with the parts in Left Behind. That the scream at the beginning is very close to the scream at the beginning of D'Angelo De Niro's theme, Cathola Funk. How I remember that? Look, I'm just a weirdo with no social life, but I think it's a cool example of Dale Oliver ripping off his own theme songs. My that goodness.
1: is a name that I have not heard. In years. D'Angelo, <laughs> D'Angelo De Niro? De Niro.
0: Yeah, you know him. He was uh, the Pope in TNA. Um, he was on commentary for a little while. Ring ringy bells? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He called Mike Bennett, Mike Miracle the Bennett guy. That's right.
1: Oh, I, I was thinking of Julio De Niro. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: that guy. Yeah, from, uh, what's he from? Uh, oh, oh, um, Heroes of Wrestling. Yes, also had a TNA run. That's right, that's right. He was in The Gathering. With uh, yep. uh, CM Punk and Raven, yeah, yeah, good memory, Kelly.
1: Back when T, oh, back when a uh, uh, Punk got fired from TNA for fighting Teddy Hart outside yes. of a bar in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. Imagine how different the wrestling
0: world would be if that hadn't happened. What if um, if Punk hadn't gotten fired from TNA? Yeah. I mean, let, let's be honest here, Kelly. He probably would have gotten fired for something else. <laughs> if we're being honest here, me. but <laughs> anyway, anyway. Having said all that, I, I still enjoy the song. I can't lie. Yeah, I like the song. It's yeah. catchy. Yeah, it's it's Dale Oliver doing what he does best. And hey, we salute him for it. Now, our second-to-last theme is for everyone's favorite Tempura Boys turned nightclub enthusiasts. Show. Yo. Rokey Romero. It's Rapungi 3K. And much like the theme for a Punky Vice, Rocky Romero is the one that does the theme. This is Rapungi 3K. They built this bigger than ever, Stronger than ever. Forever. Rocky Logan. Yo Logio. Show Logan. Show! Yo, and Rocky! We about to make a punky 3K. Transform and optimize so properly. Bigger than gun down bodies, so stop like show Showing yo, they hit the room. The crowd blacked out, can you feel the bone? Causing more chaos in the typhoon. Future fried wrestling serving you with a spoon. Rupungi 3K, 3K, 3K. Rupungi 3K, 3K, 3K. Rupungi 3000 is on the way. Rocky show and yo to save the day. Rupungi 3K, 3K, 3K. Rupungi 3K, 3K, 3K. Rupungi 3000 is on the way. Rocky show and yo to save the day. Yeah. Raw Punky three K three K three K 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 if you still have O C D this is also not the song for you. Raw Punky three K three K three K Raw Punky three K three K three K Raw Punky three K say Ah for God's sake You gotta do it three thousand times or else it's oh, not good. <laughs> we get it Rocky We get it <laughs> I mean, it's been said on the podcast before, mainly by Chris, because he was the hip-hop guy, Rocky Romero is not the best rapper in the game, shall we say. No, he's, fu- he's fine. No, he's not, he's not terrible. He's not garbage. But he's not exactly god-tier, either. His flow is a little off, I think. He's also very repetitive. I mean, this song would make CFOs proud. It's like the song has... Two hooks. The Rapungi 3K3K3K 3K 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 one. And the Show Yo and Ra K one. And they just have one verse. Shoved in the middle there. At random. Also some of the rhymes. Are a bit hard to understand. Because when I was transcribing the lyrics. There's this this line that he keeps repeating. That for the life of me. I can't fully comprehend. Just what the hell he's saying. It's the line that I think goes. Transform. An Optimus apocalyptic, bigger than Gundam, body so stoppin' like. I mean, uh, that's the best I could do there. Uh, he also says a line I think goes Futuride wrestling serving you a spoon. Alright, fine. <laughs> yeah, lyrics aside, I really
1: do enjoy the song. Yeah. It, it's another one that gets stuck in your head. And there's just so much energy, and it makes it perfect for the act with just. These two beautiful boys coming out, looking like they're just ready to go to Dove Pro and snort yep. all the cocaine with those exactly. guys.
0: Yeah, as far as the music is concerned, I can see what Rocky is going for here. It's it's a poppier, dancier beat, much more so than the Rapunky Vice theme, which is more of that you know that southern-style hip-hop. And Rapunky 3K, they are being presented as this club-hopping, party-all-night type of act. So that makes sense. I mean, the music video is like Rocky Show and Yo just hanging out in the limo, drinking champagne, cruising to the tunes, wearing the jackets, got the hoodies up over the baseball caps because they're badass. You know, they're they're doing the uh, the Matt Hardy version one taunt that they stole. Oddly enough, though, they never actually show them in a club. No. They just show them in like an abandoned warehouse mugging to the camera.
1: No, because let's be honest, showing you are dorks.
0: Yeah. They, they're not getting in that club. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> Rocky probably will.
1: But they're not going to be allowed in there with him.
0: You know what they are? They're too young and innocent to be let in, quite frankly. Yeah. We know they're trying to look cool in here, but we know who they really are. They've just been watching their uh, Yohei and Hayata tapes. Exactly. We know what's going down here. We know. We know. The final theme on our list as we kiss 2017 goodbye is also the final theme that Jim Johnston composed for WWE before his untimely release. It's one that I played, actually, a few times over recent episodes, But I haven't really discussed it all that much. It's Baron Corbett's new theme, featuring Tommy Vexed on lead vocals. This is I Bring the Darkness. Gets Major brownie points for me Right off the bat Because of that intro Because I'm a huge fan of the band Ghost And that Sounds like it was lifted Straight from a Ghost song So I, I love that And in general I really love the song as a whole I mean again Like Alistair Black's theme It's this badass metal song with crushing riffs, pounding drums, I love the soaring vocals from Tommy Bext. A little cheesy, of course, but hey, I love them anyway. They fit but, perfect with Corbin. Yeah, and unlike Black's theme, it isn't loopy. No, it's an actual like, song. it feels like a
1: legit song. Yeah, like yeah. You just
0: hear this on the radio. It's an actual song with a popular song structure, with, with verse, chorus, verse, chorus, which in WWE these days is quite the rarity. But hey, this isn't CFOs, this is Jim Johnston, and Jim does have a history of making full songs for wrestlers.
1: Like, between that and this song and Jinder's song, those are like two of the best songs going right now, and they're two of Jim Johnston's final
0: tracks for the company. Uh, Of course, obviously, it being a wrestling theme, the lyrics are pretty corny. We'll we'll acknowledge that. I mean, they're as corny as Baron Corbin is! Yeah. (laughs) I Bring the Darkness... I am the thunder, I come from hell, and I'll pull you under. It's quite cliche and corny, as is, out of the ashes, a clear light will shine, a power like the sun, but the heat is all mine, blinding to all those too close to the light, I'll bury your souls in the dark of the night. Like,
1: these lyrics are the song version of a wolf (laughs) t-shirt. Like, they really are, and it's perfect for him. Yeah. I didn't like it at first. Like, it took a little bit to grow on me. But then once I kind of just sat and listened to it, i was really into it now. Yeah, And I will say, I did enjoy Corbin's old theme. Like, I thought that one was kind of cool. I, I, I enjoyed the entrance that he had to go along with it. But yeah, this one...
0: This one's really good. You know, I was thinking... I was thinking of this the other day. Out of context, this song is just... It's just a, it's just a good metal song. It's a good wrestling theme. But... Think of it in the context of this being Jim Johnston's last theme that he did for WWE before he was fired. I mean, if you really want to know how amazing Jim Johnston is, look at this theme. I mean, even though he was on the way out, even though, you know, he wasn't the main guy doing WWE themes anymore, he still went into that studio and produced a fantastic wrestling theme for. Honestly, a very unfantastic wrestler. I mean, this was this was his final gift to wrestling fans, giving Baron Corbin a theme song that will at least make his entrance enjoyable to watch. And if that doesn't speak to the caliber of human being that Jim Johnston is, I don't know what would.
1: Yeah, he brought it for yeah. Baron Corbin. He
0: did. He did. Yeah. I mean, it's if you think about it, really. It's quite heroic what Jim Johnston did because even though the end was near, he still managed to pull off something truly amazing for the greater good. You know, it, it's like it's like that, that one comic book moment that happened. Right, Kelly? You know, that, that one moment that happened that everyone remembers. Yeah, the
1: the main one. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, the one with the guy and the mask and the suit, you know. And he said some kind of quip. Right, right. We get it. We know it. We're we're insiders here. Come on. (laughs) And yeah, that was it. Uh, That was our Taste of 2017. Kelly, this was so much fun to have you on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did.
1: Oh, yes. No, it was awesome being here. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Listen, I'm just glad that you won't be taking revenge on me like Montezuma. I'm just glad about that. I I I can rest easy.
1: No, I'm not going to make you shit your pants. Yeah,
0: and and hey, hey, if you ever want to go running on the beach and matching pumas, you know where to find me. Yeah, but I'm not going to
1: fall down because I don't think that works.
0: Yeah, that be a little awkward, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does it for this episode of Music of the Mat, the final episode of 2017. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and every episode released throughout the year. Kelly, you're the guest of honor here. We'll start with you. What are your plugs?
1: All right. Everyone can find me on Twitter at Kelly. Uh, only one K in there, because, I don't know, Just it sounded good. It was like when uh, they did Teen Nick, when that was a thing, and they just spelled it, so it was T-E-E-N-I-C-K.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I took that same principle to my name. And so uh, you can find me on there. I'm always talking about wrestling or comics or something else. Dumb. Um, I write the, pay- the WWE pay-per-view. Pay- 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 yeah. I write the WWE pay-per-view reviews for uh, Voices of Wrestling, and my breaking point is coming soon. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a breakdown on one of these reviews. I know it. <laughs> I've been doing this for too long, and these shows have been too bad. <laughs> and then uh, every Tuesday night, you can hear me on the Panels on Pages podcast. We do a live show on YouTube, and then if you can't make it live, which is Tuesday nights at 9... Uh, Central Time. It does go up on iTunes and all
0: your various other podcast uh, feeds. And Music of the Mat is part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Check out so many great podcasts like the Voices of Wrestling flagship, Shake Them Ropes, Brit Rez Roundtable, Burning Spirits, Wrestling Omakase, Open the Voice Gate, New Japan Procast, and many, many more. Voicesofwrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat or follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. Also, head on over to the Voices of Wrestling forums at voicesofwrestling.com slash forum. That's where you'll find the YouTube playlists of each episode of the show. All the themes played on this episode and others will be right there. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play. And if you do that, give us a nice rating and review. One last thing, and I'll promote this on the next few episodes as well. Voices of Wrestling is releasing its 2017 New Japan Year in Review ebook. I wrote for it. Uh, Kelly, you wrote for it as well? Yes, I did. A lot of hard work went into it, especially from Rich Kreich. I mean, the guy practically breaks his neck every year putting it all together. Um, As of this recording, it's December 21st. I don't know which day specifically. It'll be put out, but I guarantee it'll be soon, because the book tends to get released around the time of Russell Kingdom, and that day is fast approaching. So keep an eye out for it. Uh, When it gets released, I'll plug it again with more information on where to find it, and how much it costs, and all that good stuff. So with all that done and dusted, it is time to say goodbye to 2017. What a wacky, wild year it's been. Who knows what the next one will bring. All I can say to you is that I hope your 2018 is as wonderful as you are. For Kelly Harris, I'm Andrew Rich. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat 2018 edition. It's going to be a blast. Take care, guys. Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright
1: holders. Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling you with coverage at every step
0: in life's journey. We are now Incova Insurance.